Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. It is Sunday morning and it's time for us to talk about the issues that matter. And what are the issues that matter today is it's heaven real. That's right. It's heaven real. Uh, It's interesting to note that uh, on a day like this, when, hi, morning YouTube, (laughs) on a day like this, uh, recently, after all the events that we've seen this past week, some of which have been catastrophic, we saw a Ukraine airliner being taken down by Iran as well as bombs and rumors of war and so on, it makes you wonder, is heaven real? It makes you wonder, is there some glory after this? Is there some way for humans to find some kind of redemption in our activities? It seems to me that as a people, as a civilization, we are intent on destroying ourselves. We're intent on destroying one another, destroying our way of life, destroying who we are, destroying our history, in an effort to promote one form of ideology or another. It's not unusual to look at to, to look at history and modern history, especially in the last 20 years, and see glaring examples of these. For instance, in Syria, a place that was filled with ancient history, a place that had relics of earlier times and earlier civilizations, completely decimated and destroyed at the ego of a man and at his behest. A man who, for whatever reason, simply did not like the fact that some people did not like him. A group of people did not like him, and he pursued them to the extent that he destroyed a whole relic of civilization just because of his ego. And here we are. This was the the Syrian war just a few years ago, causing multiple hordes and hordes of people to become immigrants in a foreign land. Syrians began mass emigration and began emigrating to places where they normally wouldn't go. They flooded the the walls and the borders of Europe, trying to run away from a civil war that had completely destroyed their way of life. So it's not unusual, for instance, for for us to see during modern times, excuse me, I'm having uh, uh, issues with my sinuses this morning, to see how we as a people continue to destroy our civilization. Just recently, two men, two groups of people decided that they don't like the way things are. They want to stir something up. One in America, one over there in Iran. And here we go, another teetering, bringing the world to the brink of war. Why? So it makes you wonder, is there a place where we can go to to find some form of relief. Is is heaven just a pictorial fantasy? Is heaven just something our parents and grandparents made up to make us perform better as children? Could be. Could be inherent in that because maybe we think that if we behave well, we'll we'll get something nice like going to heaven. So we're constantly in pursuit of that ideal. Or it could just be we want an escape. We want an escape from our daily lives, whether our daily lives are inundated 
with distress, with wars, our daily lives are inundated with gang violence, our daily lives are inundated with even violence in our homes, violence in our neighborhoods, violence on the streets, wherever you live in the world, right? There are still places in the world that have been at war for 17 years. Iraq has been at war for 17 years. That gives you pause because when you look at it, the world wars did not last 17 years. Let's talk about that. World War One and World War Two did not last 17 years. Why is Iraq still at war for 17 years? There are still places in Somalia and Ethiopia and certain parts of Africa that still have ethnic violence, that still practice genocide on their people, still after decades and decades and decades. And it makes you wonder, what is it about these that cause men to rise up and decide, today is the day when I am going to get show them that I am in charge. It makes all of us want some form of escape. And that form of escape is heaven. Recently on our show this past week, I uncovered a story in which a six-year-old boy who had had a near-death experience apparently told his parents some fantastic story about going to heaven and having an encounter with Jesus and seeing God sit on a throne with a scroll that says the end times. Now, when I read that, I thought it was fantastic and sounded so mythic and unreal. Hey, because what would a six-year-old child know about something called a scroll? A six-year-old child living in Huntsville, Ohio. He doesn't live in Israel. He's not Jewish. He's not taught by rabbis. He doesn't go to temple. So scrolls is not something that is part of his everyday language. So what would a six-year-old child know about a scroll? And to say God was sitting, it just sounded so unreal. But the fact that he said it, the parents put it up on a website, and then came Christian Publishing, who apparently were hungry for a story. And they started a whole genre of publishing called Heaven Tourism, where they started trafficking in heaven. So heaven became a commodity. They commodified heaven, the place where we think God lives, the place high above the sky, high above the air, high above the galaxies. We think that's where God lives. In fact, the Bible says that he lives beyond the great Orion. Recently, I read some reports, I read a story on how the, the galaxies around Orion are changing, that they're becoming closer. They can see more and more, whereas before it was just a dead space. It was just a great magnetic force that pulled uh, uh, the cameras and pulled the telescopes in. Now they can see the galaxies around Orion. Removing the mystery, kind of. But now, here comes Christian Publishing, trafficking in heaven. It seemed to me that there was a vacuum created, and so Christian Publishing did nothing better than to take advantage of the vacuum. It seems to me that what they really did was recognize that people want an escape. And they want something that touches their heart and their souls to make them feel like, well, I'm going to go to heaven because I'm a good guy, I'm a good girl, I've been a good person, or whatever it is like that. 
right? So, no, I don't believe that the earth is flat. I believe if you allow me to continue speaking, then you, you'll see what I'm saying, right? If you allow me. Do you? Right? So what happens is that people, these folks, began to look at the vacuum that exists, that people want something, right? People want something to feel good about. Traditionally, that has been the idea sold of heaven, that heaven is where you're going to go if you do right, if you live right, if you do the right thing, if you're kind, if you're good, quite diametrically opposed to what the Bible says. The Bible says you're going to heaven in the New Testament, not by works that any man should boast, but by faith in Jesus Christ. That's the criteria for going to heaven. It's not by works. So you don't have to be good. You don't have to demonstrate that you're a good person. You don't have to. It's You go there by faith. So this makes you wonder then. Heaven still is seen as this the space that good people go to. In fact, even today, our pets die, and we say they've gone to pet heaven. They've gone to heaven. And you'll see your pet in heaven. I'm not going to comment on that because I think that's as ludicrous as it can get because animals don't have souls. Are we clear about that? So let's take the mystery and debunk that myth right away. You're not going to see your dog and cat in heaven. Stop spreading the, 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 the mist. Just stop that. That's just ridiculous, right? Heaven is a place for those with a soul. And again, the instructions from the Bible are that heaven is a place you're going to go to by faith in Jesus Christ. Now, somebody posed the question that God says he looks down from heaven. Yes, we are getting there. That's the point. That's exactly the point, right? So then, is heaven real? After all of this, is heaven real? Yes. The Bible says so. The Bible says after Jesus had suffered on the cross, he went to heaven. Doesn't it? Yeah. Doesn't doesn't the Bible say so? Yes. The Bible says that's where Jesus and God dwell. It implies then that's where Jesus and God dwell. When Jesus went up to the Mount of Transfiguration, they later called it, and Peter, James, and John were there, and they saw all the saints of old. And Jesus, when Jesus died, he took them with him to heaven. So heaven is real. But how do you get to heaven? Well, there's only one way we are all going to get to heaven. First, you have to die physically in the body, and then your soul makes the transition. This is why today when folks die, we say it's their, you know, some places they say it's their sunrise, sunset, and they have made their transition. So heaven is a place that you make your transition. Now, historically and socially, the way religion has taught heaven is that it, the Bible says that it's a, if you read the New Testament, it actually says that there are palaces and mansions in heaven, doesn't it? And it says, that it does describe that clearly. So all of us, especially those of us who are generation Xers and so on, and we, we didn't have a choice. We had to go to Sunday school. Anybody remember Sunday school? You all don't remember Sunday school? You didn't go to Sunday school? <laughs> You you were Catholic, but you didn't go to Sunday school. Okay. Heaven is a place that makes humans feel a little less bad about dying and becoming nothing. <laughs> Can I use that? <laughs> right? 
<laughs> so, so they used to tell us that milk and honey flowed in heaven. And as a child, I liked how that sounded. I wanted to go to a place where I could eat honey all the time. Seriously, I remember as a child sitting in Sunday school thinking, wow. I remember I, I started asking my grandmother questions about heaven. I started, so how do you get there? Do you just start climbing up on a ladder? And, you know, they told you about Jacob's ladder, but they didn't tell you things with contextually. They just told you stories. So in your mind as a child, everything is just one. So at the end of this, we're, I'm going to heaven, right? And in heaven, you just play all day. I was thinking, gosh, that sounds good. You mean I get a chance to play all day? I get a chance. <laughs> I kid you not. So when today, now that we are grown, today when someone dies, we want to think the best of them. So we tell each other, we tell ourselves, and we tell our loved ones, they have gone to a better place. They have gone to heaven. We really don't know. There's no real way to know until you die, but then you're never going to come back and tell the story because nobody has come back and said, yeah, I went to heaven and I saw grandma and grandpa out there and I saw uncle so-and-so and all the people whom you thought never made it there, the ones who are going to be there. So we really don't know. Guess what we have to do? Just as the Bible says, we have to take it by faith. Now, my challenge is this. I don't disbelieve in heaven. I believe that heaven is where God is. Right, I believe that as the Bible instructs us in the New Testament, that we go to heaven based on our faith in Jesus Christ. It's simple. It's real simple. Just have faith. Just believe, and that's it. Real simple to me. That's the criteria. It's not about works. And I really wish that some of us would step back and stop telling people it's 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 decent of you to be good, be a good person, give. Take care of people. Take care of your families. Take care of your loved ones. Be good to people. Extend opportunities if it comes to you and you're in charge of extending opportunities. Do that. Just be a good person. Jesus gave us that instruction when he said, this one thing I ask of you, love one another as I love you. If we love one another, then we are going to do our best not to let our prejudices and our biases interfere with how we take care of one another. A lot of us, we don't practice love. We don't, know, we don't even know what love is, love that is shed abroad, the love of God that is shed abroad in all our hearts. We claim that we love God, but we don't demonstrate love to the people of God. We're horrible. We're rude. We are opportunistic. We look out for ourselves. We're selfish and self-centered. And so we still think at the end of it all, I'm still going to go to heaven if I write a check for a million dollars. No, the Bible is clear. We're going to heaven by faith. Now, there is no history and there is no record for anybody who has been there to come back and say, this is what really happened. We're going to have to take it by faith, that we who are alive today and remain are going to have to take it just as the scriptures say and go to heaven by faith. Now, does heaven sound euphemistically? Does it sound like a place where it says there will be no tears in heaven? It's a land that flows with milk and honey. That means we won't have any tears. I remember as a kid, I used to ask my grandmother about the honey part because I liked honey, right? And I liked to put honey because honey was sticky and sweet. Right? And it lingered, sort of lingered on your fingers. So I used to say, really, is there honey really in heaven? 
and I thought that if I could get all the honey in the world, <laughs> right, that I could, that I could really, 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 really replicate heaven on earth. And and the thing is, I guess as a child, what I was trying to do is try to imagine if I were a good kid and if I did everything right, then I could have all the honey in the world. The Bible is very clear about what happens in this realm and in this existence. The Bible says that the devil has the power and the principalities of the air. That means Satan is in charge. That's why there's so much wickedness. People often say, well, if God is good, why is there so much uh, murder and so on? Because the devil owns this. The devil is in charge here. God is in charge of heaven. He's giving directions from heaven, but he kind of didn't want us to be robotic, so he gave us free will. So every day we're confronted with choices, be good or be bad. Sometimes we make choices that seem like it appears that it's going to be good in the end, but it's not, and it's bad. So the devil has control. This is why people hurt one another. This is why people kill. This is why people have sex with children. This is why people walk away from their families. This is why people stab and rape and mug and steal and are vicious. Because what we look at is that we follow what the devil is instruct is, is doing. Do you see what I'm saying? So somebody just asked, heaven and hell are fake. I guess you're going to find out. All I can tell you right now is by faith, if you believe, then you will go to heaven. But if you choose not to, just as you're saying, then you will find you will find out eventually. We're going to have to walk this one out and have to take it by faith, right? So is heaven real? Very. Heaven is real. Jesus went to heaven, the Bible said, so he went up into the clouds. So it sounds like it's this thing where you go up in the clouds. So people often ask, well, if my grandmother died... And her body is laid out here. How does she go up into the clouds? Because I know I used to wonder about that as a kid. I kid you not. I had the most imaginative imagination going on. Like I, I thought stuff was real, right? And so they, <laughs> I kid you not. I must have tired out my grandmother. My my great uncle was was a preacher. So what they used to answer all my questions, my grandmother used to arrange for me to speak to the preacher of the church and the deacons and so on. And I would just sit there and ask questions. They got tired of me. Then I went to high school and it was a Catholic high school and they were teaching from the New Testament. And I had questions. I'm like, we talk about that man named Jesus. I'm like, he sounds like he was a revolutionary. (laughs) And they they were fed up with me because as a child, I could not grasp the concept of when you die and I've been to funerals and seen people laid out, how do they get to heaven? Well, it's your soul. Your soul leaves your body. Your, this is why we should spend more attention into how we think what we think. See, I have come to the conclusion that evil resides in everyone. It's a choice we make. You either switch it on or off. Some people spend more time pursuing things that are not good for themselves or for others. So they start practicing evil. It's all about the way we think. You may not agree with it, but it is what it is. 
sometimes environments contribute to how people think. But you still have a choice. This is why it is hard for us to grasp the concept of free will that God apparently placed in the earth. If you read the story of Genesis and the creation, you recognize that Adam and Eve were not the first humans, right? You recognize that there had to have been a civilization that existed, that God just absolutely said, you know what, you people are different. I don't have anything to do with you. He created two new humans with the express intention of them propagating what is good, right? But he gave them the choice. He said, no, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you what is good, and I'm going to tell you what is bad, and you choose. And of course, they chose, they chose evil too. They were still doing good, but they wanted to find out, is it really evil if I try it? If it were evil, God wouldn't have created it, right? You see what I mean? So we essentially become who we are. Now, here on earth, it is my intention as much as possible to make sure that I myself live in an environment in my own mind so I can display to everybody else as best as possible to continue to live good with most. It is a very difficult thing to do because most of the time we are confronted with stuff. I mean, my timeline on, on Twitter is going crazy. Uh, everyone has their judgment day. Wow. Not in man's time, but everything happened in God's time. Evil is a weakness. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You probably are accustomed to the preacher who likes to make a lot of noise and stuff. I like to expound on it so you can see it for what it is, right? It's still your choice at the end of the day. You don't have to agree with me. It's your choice, right? And I don't feel especially to go crazy about it this morning. I just want to have a real conversation about heaven. Is heaven real? Is heaven real? And the question really has to do with, are you encouraged enough? Do you believe enough? Do you think that heaven is somewhere that I want to go to? Have we done enough to convince you that heaven is somewhere. Most people, frankly, don't care one way or another. Most people say, well, when I die, I don't know anything. I don't want to know. It doesn't matter to me. But your soul does know. You want to know if you have a soul? Do you find yourself questioning the decisions that you make? Was I the best that I could do? Was that really a good thing to do? When you go to bed at night, is your imagination still alive even though you're sleeping? Then you have a soul. And in that soul is where your thoughts and your beliefs lie. What do you really believe? I think in the last 20 or so years, I'm going to be honest with you, we probably have not been good examples or, or proponents of a Christian faith. We probably have not done enough of a good job to encourage people or to make people think or even to act it out. The Bible does give certain requirements for us to demonstrate that People will know you by your fruit. Some of us have not demonstrated that at the best of times or at the worst of times. So we haven't been good examples. So therefore, what has happened is that we don't know. People are confused. They don't know what is a good, what is good Christian or what is not. It should be that if you were to look at my life and look at my actions, 
that should be enough to tell you. This is why recently one of our leaders, a friend, was saying that uh, when she goes out and she talks about him and so on, people ask her if she's satisfied that he's a Christian. And she says she takes his word that he's a, he's a Christian. And I thought to myself, that's not enough for me. It's his witness. Because what I have found today is that people will say whatever they want to say that is expedient based on the circumstances. So that does not mean that that is true. I wouldn't even tell you who the person is or what their character is. So you would know right away that you're not going to take in their word for it. Right? But our actions should speak. I think we're all wondering about heaven. And, and it's certainly, especially today, we see people die like you see pop stars and actors and actresses. And you're like, wow, they were such a good person. I know they have gone on to heaven. And I guess that's the, the thing. And then when it happens to someone close to us, a relative, a loved one, then, of course, the promise that we want to believe in is that there will come a time when we will see them again. The only place that that is going to happen is in heaven. How do you get there? Simple. Believe. Have faith in Jesus Christ. It's that simple. There's no magic formula. Contrary to somebody who just said here that, um, who said something else, you probably grew up in an environment where they really made you feel like you got to do good and so on. What they were saying is, is what is, what the scripture doesn't say. The scripture very clearly says it's not by works that any man should boast. It's by faith. Faith in Jesus Christ. Believe and have faith. Right? That's how you demonstrate that you believe in God. It's just by believing and having faith. I kind of like the way God does it. Why? Because he doesn't try to prove it. He's not demonstrative like that. He, just because the way they have proposed God and placed God, it makes it sound like God is a robot. You know, he's your grandfather. He's this man who sits on a throne and he's just a robot. And you dial 1-800-HEAVEN and you pop him up and he does exactly what you want to do. That's not really how it works. God is interactive. If you pray, you get an answer. Sometimes you get the answer you don't like. That's how you know it's God. There are some people who go and pray to a statue, and whatever is shows after that, they believe it. They believe that that's what it is. That's entirely up to them. That sounds to me pretty robotic. But if some of the things, I know there are things that I have prayed to God about over the years. I am so glad looking back now that he did not answer. Because had he answered, I would have been destroyed by now because I had no idea the import of my decision and the thought that I had at the time. We all experience some maturity. I think this is a time when we are growing up. We are maturing in our thoughts. We are maturing in how we see faith and how we see Christianity. We need to perhaps be a bit more engaging and be more embracing. It's not what it was. I was talking to someone the other day who is from the generation of millennials, and she was complaining, like complaining about how she and other young people like her were treated in a church. They wouldn't give them, recognize that they too can preach, that they too can speak, that they too have an understanding of the scriptures. It baffled me. You know why? Because I said to myself, why would you not listen to young people? They're the next generation. It would be interesting to hear what they think. 
But why would you not listen to them? Why would you not try to incorporate or engage with them how they're thinking? Because of that and that negativity, they walked completely away from the faith. But what they realized was that they still had a need and a desire to believe in God. How were they going to communicate that? That's the frustration that is driving a lot of people. So people are now saying, well, heaven is fake. Hell is fake. It's not real. I have news for you. You're going to find out one way or another. And at that time, when you find out, it might be too late. Take my word for it. And if you don't take my word for it, you're still going to find out. You're going to find that it's heaven and hell are as real as you want to be. In fact, if you read some parts of the scriptures, it tells you where hell is. It is very, very clear that it is what it is. So what do you believe? What will you choose to believe? Hmm. I find, too, that some of us, we get a little confused. And sometimes the teachings, for instance, the story we talked about earlier this year, this week, was about a six-year-old boy who uh, had some near-death experiences. And his family thought that he had died and gone to heaven. Interesting. What that demonstrated was a hunger uh, that that you that people want. It's a hunger, a vacuum. Made me think a lot about why were people so gullible and ready to believe that the rantings of a six-year-old could be true. You know why? We're hungry. We want the truth. We're trying to find and wade our way through all the noise what is true. Somebody said here God is a reasonable man and that God is eternal. Yes, one of the things, one of the reasons why you'll never find me proselytizing and trying to convince people is this simple fact. That as far as I can see, God existed before my time and your time on the earth. God existed before my parents and my grandparents. And if you are going to argue with that, I can't help you because it doesn't make any sense. If God existed, if people who were my grandparents and my great-grandparents were talking about God, and those people do not exist today, it tells me quite irrefutably that God is eternal. It's that simple. So I never find myself trying to convince someone to believe in God. I don't go there. I just say, well, that's what you believe. Be it unto you according to your belief. Just answer this one question. Did your parents, grandparents ever talk about God? Yes. And they're no longer on the earth? Mm -hmm. But you are still here? Okay. Then that answers it. That's how I believe. And that is what I believe. I believe in redemption through Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus came after God saw all the foolishness, how we had uh, polluted what he thought was pure religion to gave us to give us hope. You got to understand that when you read the Bible, please, my friends, read it contextually. Don't just read the Bible from the ambit and the perspective that this was a book that was designed to cut off people's freedom, that God did not want you to have fun. God doesn't want you to experience the joys and the privileges associated with modern life. Don't. That's not true either. God wants all of this to happen so that you can experience the fullness. Look at it this way. We have life way easier today 
than a hundred years ago. The folks who lived a hundred years ago wish they had motor vehicles to drive around. Right now there's snow and ice on the ground in parts of Michigan, right? Imagine a hundred years ago, you still had to go out and buy food. There were places where people did not have electricity. They did not have heat. They had to go cut down trees to form heat in their homes. We're having it real good today. So of course, advancement and technology is part of God's plan. And anyone who says opposite, they've never really read the scriptures where it says, behold, I do a new thing, shall it not spring forth? I kid you not. But when you read the Bible, read it contextually. When you read the Old Testament, the books of the Old Testament, understand that what God tried to do was he sent religion as something for us to hope for. At the time, people lived under feudalism, where kings ran the earth. They controlled the resources of the people. They mutilated people. They just had wars and wars and wars and took over people's land. They took over people's daughters, people's women, right? And so God had to justify it. So he created a system where you could expend and confess your sins and you could obtain relief from the burden and the oppression. Well, what do you think we did? Human beings as usual, we stepped right in and we polluted that. He had to change it all over again. It was so bad, there was bloodshed everywhere. He changed it in the personhood of Jesus Christ. Jesus came down from heaven, came down here. The Bible says in John chapter 1, right? And the word was made flesh and walk among us. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Go back to Genesis, in the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning. The whole thing comes together. Whether you choose, maybe you've never heard it prepared like this before. Maybe you never realized it was this simple. But the fact of the matter is that we it's simple. What we have done is applied attributes to it to make it seem more compelling. Maybe forgive some of these people. Maybe they were trying to compel us. Maybe they wanted to demonstrate something that was deep. I don't know what their issues were or what their agenda was. I find that it's as simple as one, two, three. Anytime I try to apply complex ideologies to it is when it simply just goes off the chain. But when I read the scriptures and I read it within the context, like what application does this have to present day life? How does this relate? I find that I can always relate to it. If you were to pick up the Bible and today, the Bible is free. There is an app called Bible on your phone. Download it. You can read it in whatever language of the world you choose to. If you don't like the King James Version, I read the new King James Version. That resonates with me. The language is easier to understand. If you read the other, ta- the other translations, such as the Amplified Bible, the Message Bible, it might, there's, in an effort to make it applicable and modern, they might have moved away from the original meaning. So I read the New King James Version. And if you come across something that you are not sure about, you have Google, www.google.com. Put it into Google, and you will find text that do it. 
25 years ago, 20 years ago, people like me had to have the concordance. I had about five different concordances that helped me to understand. The, in the Old Testament, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. That was the language spoken of by the Jews at the time. The New Testament is written in Aramaic, some parts Greek. You see what I'm saying? So when you read it, it's written to, uh, and for those of you who are from the Middle East, guess what I have found? You understand it better than we do because it's written with the customs of the people at the times that they lived. Maybe that explains why for some of us in the West, it was, it was hard to understand. But the fact of the matter is that it's really easy to understand, especially today. But read it contextually. These people did some bad things. They really did some bad things. They needed redemption, and they needed to demonstrate that they were worthy of being redeemed. Let's see how that happens. But at the end of the day, the one thing that we all want assurance of, am I a person? If you have done something that maybe you didn't like even yourself for, if you feel, because all of us have a conscience, I really think what heaven speaks to is our ability to communicate vertically. We all want to believe that there is some accountability force somewhere that is holding me accountable for my actions. And it comes down to, do I have a conscience or not? They, they say that people who are, uh, you know, people who kill people don't have something called remorse or guilt, that they're removed from that point that makes them human. So they can't relate to the suffering of the person whom they're killing. I think they have, in my estimation, those folks don't have what I call a conscience. If you have done something that has caused hurt to someone else, there should be something inside of you that says that was not a good thing to do. That's your conscience. That's God awakening an awareness in you that we need to change. And if you follow that, eventually you will start asking the question, what do I do to change that? How do I change that part of me that continues to make evil decisions and continues to make hurtful decisions? Maybe evil is a bad word. Maybe you don't like evil because evil is associated with some satanic stuff that you've seen through Hollywood. But maybe you don't like the fact that you do things that hurt the people whom you love. If that is you, then your conscience is awakening. You find sometimes that you're sitting in quiet times by yourself and you ask yourself, is God real? What's above there above the heavens? I can't forget when my daughter was about seven or eight and I told her that it's just air above there and it takes the color of the water and of the sun. She was like, huh? <laughs> There's no sky. I said, there are no limits. There is no sky. That means our communication to God is limitless. That means God can hear us and he can see us right where you are. So if you feel that there is something in me, I have some questions that I can't answer. Might I suggest that you start reading the book of John. Download the Bible app on your phone. And in your quiet time, just start reading the book of John. What you're going to find is the answers you're seeking. They will answer. And you will know it's God that he has come to you because only you know the questions that you have. And suddenly, there is the answer that you're looking for. 
That's how you will know that heaven is real. I don't like you. I don't really want to find out right now. I can delay that for a long time. I don't. Several years doesn't cut it. I don't want a lifetime to to delay my ascendance to heaven. I don't want to find that out right now. Just like you, it can wait. (laughs) It can wait. (laughs) When loved ones die, I'm like, see you. Not now. (laughs) Not soon. (laughs) Not anytime soon. But sometime in the future, far, far away. But at the same time, I want to know that every day I'm making a choice to be good or evil. It's that simple. That's all it comes down to. Being nice to someone or not. Some of us apply some real harsh thoughts to this. Like, was I evil when I I, I drove through the drive-thru and didn't pay them? Probably. (laughs) That's you breaking the law, (laughs) right? Was I evil when I didn't tip the, the server? Look in their faces. Are they human? They're working. They need that tip. That tip represents the difference between whether their family eats or not. Think about that. What all of this is calling us to be is how we live here on earth with one another. Isn't that what Jesus said anyway? Love one another. It's how we live. Be empathetic. We're so riddled and filled with jealousy and covetousness and hatred of one another. We despise and dislike one another. We, we truly exemplify evil, whether we like it or not. But I am saying change that whole diametric. Change that by simply being good. Yes, someone is more accomplished than you. There are plenty of people who are more accomplished than I am. I don't get jealous. I celebrate them. I'm the person standing on the sidelines saying, good, they've made it. They've crossed over. For years, I was the one who exposed people to opportunities. I had a radio show. I invited everybody. I wanted to expose their talent. I wanted to give them a space where people could recognize what they were doing. I gave my advice to people. I watched as people moved on, accomplished even greater things, did great things, and seemed to prosper. And I was still in the same space. At one point in me, a kind of thing rose up, and I had to check myself. Maybe this is what you're supposed to do. Maybe this is part of what you're supposed to do, is to encourage others. Now, when they come, clap them, show them the way. To this day, I still do that. For some reason, young people like talking to me. (laughs) They come to me, and I find that I enjoy pouring out to them, showing them the way, talking to them, encouraging them, saying, do it this way, move in this way. And then when they get it, I am like, look at that. That's what we're supposed to do. I wish I could be more like that. I wish that I could seriously look at people, look at someone in the context of who they are. Now, there are some people who are fiends. That's what they are. They are consumed with that. You're not going to change everybody. But those who do come to you, start with me first. Be the change that you want to see, change your heart, change how you think. At the end of the day, there's not much control most of us have, right? We only have control over us. And if heaven is a destination, which is what it is, it's a destination. It's a final place. It's not, if that is where 
you want to be, then start by saying, you know what, Jesus, I believe. Father, I have God. I believe. I have faith. And I am going to change. That's really what it is. We can kind of create a kind of heaven on earth. It would be nice to if we stopped hating one another. If people stopped firing guns for the love of God. If we stopped being egotistic. If we stopped being selfish and self-centered. If we focused more on the needs of someone else. It's just like it's evidenced in our marriages and our relationships. We're so egotistic. It's all about me. Have you seen people getting married? A selfie. Focused on me. This is my dress. This is how I'm going to, what I'm going to wear. How about what you're going to be to the spouse and your children? We're so selfish and so self-centered that we have completely forgotten what it means to be human. I think we need to start right there. I think that's a good place to start, is to start by believing that I can be the change that I want to be. Is heaven real? You bet it is. It is my hope that we can kind of create some sort of heaven here. (laughs) I wish. We can create heaven in our thoughts, by our actions, by how we believe and how we treat one another. That would be nice, wouldn't it? But unfortunately, it doesn't always work that way. I have found that we tend to believe what we want to believe. So on this Sunday morning, as we contemplate, is heaven real? Yes, heaven is very real. It's a place where God resides. The Bible dictates where it is, and the Bible is very specific and very clear on how we get to heaven. It is my hope that all of this week we exemplify What Jesus first wants as a condition, believe, have faith, love one another. This is Harriet Kamek with Down to Earth. Thank you so much for being a part of my Sunday morning experience as usual. Go to my website, harrietkamek.com, and go to my page on Anchor FM. Support us and be a subscriber. We're also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great Sunday. Football is over. Next up is Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. Yikes. Season is too quick. Yeah? Season is too quick. Have a great day, everybody. Be blessed.